Hello, and welcome to season two of Coffee and Code. I'm your host, Ashley Coffee. Coffee and Code is here to help bridge the gap between technology and people through each informative episode. On this show, you'll hear exclusive interviews with experts and innovators in the tech space. No matter your level of expertise or ability, I believe you can be excited, informed, and empowered to learn how the rapidly evolving tech world impacts your daily life. Subscribe to Coffee and Code to be notified when new episodes go live. You can also find me on Twitter at AshleyCoffee underscore and on Instagram at AshleyRCoffee89. Thanks for listening and welcome to Coffee and Code. Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Code. I am so excited to have an awesome guest on the show today, Ashley Huffman. Ashley Huffman is the Head of Marketing and Strategic Partnerships at Titan Haptics, and she is an executive at Titan Haptics who leads the international marketing efforts in strategic partnerships in AR, VR gaming, and wearables. Ashley is the founder of this awesome newsletter called All Things Haptics and the co-founder of the Haptics Club, which is a podcast created by members of the industry to support education, cooperation, and inclusion. So definitely give that a check out and make sure to follow Ashley to learn about all the amazing things that she's doing. Um, But without further ado, welcome to the show, Ashley. Hey, thanks so much for that awesome intro. I'm so grateful to be here. This is great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I gave a little like mini brief bio overview in your intro here, but um, definitely give us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. um, My background really is in um, marketing and public relations. That's kind of where it all began. Um, And I've launched consumer products. Um, Some are like I've won awards, featured magazines. And um, all of those kind of consumer products led to me being able to test out really cool technologies. Um, And gaming and tech is just kind of like my happy space. And that's kind of led me to working at Titan Haptics. I get to play with um, vests and you know VR and all the latest uh, launches and um, it's just a, a, an amazing space to be able to play in and work in but yeah my background is just in, in marketing public relations and in the past I was also a an editor of a magazine that feels like a past lifetime at this point um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I just I love the VR scene probably the most it's really is something that's ignited um, my imagination, my excitement, um, even more for technology. So that's kind of the the thing I've been most focused on. And a lot of people know me from Twitter as Chick Tech and the fact that um, in my spare time, I like to drive quickly, uh, aka racing uh, my Mustang. Um, and then in the winter in Canada, of course, I love cars still, but I just I end up writing about it instead of racing. That is so cool. I noticed you uh, um, posted something earlier about you're excited for racing season. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I love your multifaceted background. And I think that really contributes to the awesomeness of the VR industry because it brings such like diverse perspectives, which lend to like more creative experiences, which I think is really cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's so much potential there. But it, it you know, it's not just about gaming. It's not just about um you know, avatars and communication or social. It's just like literally everything. That's what gets me so excited about it. 
Yeah. And it's crazy because you and I have never physically met before, but we've played mm-hmm. games in VR, like, <laughs> which has been so much fun, like the mini golf, uh, walkabout golf, like, yeah. even though we're thousands of miles away, we can still connect with one another, which I think is pretty neat. Yeah, that that has been a lot of fun. Yeah, you definitely you kicked my butt. But it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> next time. And next time. <laughs> well, um, Ashley, can you tell us a little bit more about Haptics Club? Yeah, for sure. Haptics Club is something really near and dear to my heart. Um, It was started by a few of us in the haptics industry, folks from SenseGlove, Interhaptics, and Unity. And it really was this idea that um, together we can do a whole lot more and we can help other people who are either interested in the space, curious about the space, just learn about it. And so we came together and thought, you know, what if we um, hosted talks um, with other experts in the space who um, are from all different areas. So automotive, um, game developers, um, professors, um, just the whole gambit. And so that's kind of where it all began is like, how do we share more about the industry and, and um, allow other people to see the insights that we get to experience behind the scenes, but in a more upfront way. So it's like learning about the types of haptics that you get in a car, like where it is, like why mm. it's important, the different kind of insights that you need to think about as a product developer. So it's that really is the, the kind of uh, unlock behind it is how do we access more people? Because typically the haptics industry is very kind of closed, it's very private. A lot of things just happen behind the scenes that you never get to see or understand or even fathom so mm-hmm. by helping unlock it we think that it's kind of opens up more cooperation collaboration which is something that really every major technology has had to do in order to succeed you know usb um you know audio um it's it's got to open up and you got to work together to kind of bring it all together so that's that's one of our goals I love that. That's amazing. And I feel like you will demystify the topic of haptics. Some people can be on various ranges of knowledge of like what mm-hmm. exactly haptics are. And it's good to have that community perspective to like help spread that knowledge, like you mentioned. But I want to kind of hone in on for the audience who are listening and may not be familiar with haptics. Can you give us a little description of what they are and maybe some examples of how people might already encounter them in everyday life? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So haptics, as I like to describe it, is the buzzing you feel in a piece of technology. And most people feel that from their mobile phone or a gaming controller. So your mobile phone will uh, rapidly vibrate. And that's like the alert system. They've created a little motor that vibrates to capture your attention. I kind of consider it like a the dog whistle for humans, um, <laughs> because that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to like capture attention immediately, which is why when you know someone's phone um, goes off, like their, their eyes kind of like shift and change. And it's like, hey, uh, is someone's phone vibrating? So it's kind of <laughs> funny that it works that way. Yeah. Um, it's, it's So I just see it as a way to for your device to come and communicate with you. Um, so it becomes more of like a two-way communication. So it's like you can engage with your phone and feel when you're pressing buttons on your keyboard, even though there's no really, there's no buttons there. So it's really like a bridge between you and kind of whatever it's a touchscreen that you're playing with your laptop, your mouse, your keyboard. It really is, um, haptics in a lot of different technologies these days, but it's just this buzzing you feel, um, the wiggle, um, the jostle, um, that, uh, is trying to communicate back with you. Yes, one could say it would be, an, an, I guess, an output modality, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and, and your mouse pads. I know my MacBook Pro has the haptics in the in mm-hmm. the, the mouse pad, and I can adjust the strength of it if I want it to have like a lighter feedback versus a darker or heavier feedback. 
Um, lots of potential here, and I hope that the price of general, you know, haptic technology goes down a little bit so it's a little bit more available to people. Um, but I want to kind of circle back and talk more about how you got involved in the world of haptics and why you're passionate about it. Yeah. Um, my my starting story with haptics was uh, originally with the PlayStation and the uh, DualShock. So really early on, um, when I was a youngster playing games, that was kind of my first experience. And I it was very memorable for me because I love gaming. And that just kind of added this feature of like when I was on a racing game, it would just vibrate and jostle and it just made it a lot more engaging. So that's kind of where haptics began for me. But the path between that and where I started working in haptics, there's a huge gap. Um, <laughs> but it kind of like all comes full circle. So I was working at an R&D lab um, and that's when I got to play with kind of like the latest tech. We had the Oculus when it first came out. We oh, had the wow. Vive Pro. And that's um, the Vive Pro is really what kind of set me on the journey of um, just loving virtual reality and seeing how important haptics are. Because as you know, like when you're in the headset, you're fully kind of engulfed in this experience. You don't really realize what else is happening um, other than like sound that's coming through. And you've got your controllers and the controllers are the kind of like the only way that you can um, touch things that like makes the world around you tactile. Um, and so um, when one of the technologies we created was haptics, um, and we were testing it out with, you know, different tech you know, in gaming controllers and Vive controllers and things like that. That's when I realized that there's a lot of potential to actually feel a whole lot more um, and to be able to engage in different feelings. Because like if you think about the current state of controllers, mm -hmm. um, they use a similar motor to what's in your mobile phone. Um a linear resonant actuator. And that actuator, like I mentioned, is meant to capture your attention. It's an alert. It's an alarm. Um, and so it's not designed to feel like deep rumbles. Um, it's meant to be buzzing. So it's mm -hmm. like there's some kind of like missing piece to um, the way that we experience the virtual world just as a limitation to existing technology. So you know, that this whole kind of thing of experiencing Waltz of the Wizard and feeling what it's like to be an all powerful wizard, you know, playing golf and what it's like to, you know, smack a ball and for it to feel as realistic as possible. Like, those are the things that have really ignited my passion um, for this space because it's like I see the opportunity, I see kind of like limitations, um, but I also get to play with the latest tech. So it's like I have such an amazing uh, scope um, of the industry that I'm. Like, I'm so, so grateful that I'm um, in this place. That's awesome. I thank you for sharing that story. And I want to hone in on like the fact that so many paths into tech are unconventional these days. It's mm -hmm. not your linear path of what you think would happen from like computer science and to, you know, a job and, and what whatnot. But this new in like we're approaching the fourth industrial revolution. There's just so much opportunity, not just for the tech, but like for people as well. So I love that you had that kind of like aha moment where you realize like this is amazing. This is what I want to do and have the experience of working in the R&D lab because that's uh, informs the work that you do, I think, in meaningful ways. And I would just add to that because I think you iterated a really important point, which is like my path towards tech is not traditional. I do not have a pinky ring. I am not an engineer. Um, I am not a developer. Um, I am not super technical. 
And I think that's where a lot of people get scared of trying to go into these kind of industries is because they think that that's going to be a barrier. And I would say it's not whatsoever. I think there's a lot of opportunity in haptics to tell stories, to help describe technologies, to help um, bring these technologies to life in ways that it's like there needs to be a bridge the other half from technology into regular human beings trying to understand what how epic this tech is and what it does and why it's important so to anyone out there who is curious but is scared because they're not a scientist or an engineer like you should never let that stop you from engaging in um, industry that you're interested in because there's there's so many different ways that you can fit in and provide value because you're not technical because you're not an engineer because you're not a scientist like those are actually benefits in many ways very well said. And plus one to that, plus a million to that. <laughs> because there's just going to be so many jobs because of this technology. Um, and there's just lots of opportunity. And I think the current scope of what tech is, and I say that in like air quotation marks, is mm. going to change tre tremendously in the next few years. Because with our current view of tech is like, oh, computer, phone, internet, internet of things, 5G, AI, like tech in general, but it's going to, the scope is going to broaden and it's going to be much deeper. And there are going to be jobs that, that don't even exist right now mm -hmm. um, that we're going to have to like understand like, oh, my communication skills, my project management skills could fit in this role that happens to be in the technology related industry, but I'm not technical. I don't have to be coding. So I think mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because yeah, if, if anyone's listening that wants to get into tech, don't let that hold you back at all. There's there's room for everyone, as we would say. Mm -hmm. Let's shift a little bit into um, the overlap of haptics and VR specifically. So for virtual reality experiences that you're you're in a headset, you're in an immersive environment, what considerations should builders and creators make when intentionally incorporating haptic designs into immersive experiences? So let's like hone in on the overlap between haptics and VR. Mm, it's such a good question. I think the one that really stands out to me is that no haptics is better than bad haptics, um, mm. which may sound a bit strange for folks. But if you think about if haptics are playing for every sound that you're experiencing, whether it's something that you as a user are engaging in, the environment is happening, then that's like just an overload of experience and now it's kind of taking away from it haptics should like play in the background in a way that you don't notice it because it's just becomes a part of the environment of it becomes a part of you as the user mm. similar for if you're developing and um say you're using something like audio to haptics so you're picking up the audio and you're basically like turning it into haptic effects if you have um like narration in the story if haptics happen when someone's narrating, like that instantly kind of turns it into bad haptics because it's like, now it's like, why is someone talking? Um, why does that have haptics? So there's certain kind of like things you should do and think about, like what kind of haptics need to happen in order for the story that I'm telling to be convincing. Like not everything needs to feel like something, but it's like, it's similar to audio where it's designed specifically to put you in kind of like, a frame of mind so mm. it's like maybe touching surfaces is important for the story so do that but maybe the um the wind is not a part of the story in a way that really matters so you don't need to showcase that and in some cases you maybe so i would say 
if you're telling a story, like what helps tell the story and then just be careful about um, it turning into like everything turns into haptics. Like for us, we do tons of testing um, so we can understand uh, what makes someone excited ver versus what makes um, someone uh, too anxious. Like if you mm. say, for example, have a heartbeat that accelerates, that can be really like so good in a horror game. I'm sure you've played many VR horror games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Resident I, Evil. Oh my gosh, so good. Exactly. And so it's like you can add nuances like the heartbeat in situations, say, where you're wounded. And that really like it adds a level of anxiety to the game that's super positive. But if that's happening all the time and you can feel that heartbeat, it's kind of like, you know, if someone's wearing um, a watch that tells you what your heart rate is at, it's probably just going to explode and tell them, you know, you're you're in like a terrible shape. You need to stop whatever you're doing. So it's really just a matter of like um, thinking about what's important for the story and um, testing it to make sure that you're not overdoing it. Yeah, that's really well said. I'm curious, how did you learn the right balance there? For me, oh man, I'm still, I would consider myself a noob. I'm just like constantly learning um, of what makes sense. Um, and for me, it's like, I'm one of the people that likes to test things in order to understand them. Mm -hmm. So I'm no no designer of haptic effects, although I'd like to um, tinker with that and come up with, with, with things. But yeah, it's like test it out and see what, what it feels like. And if it's too much, you just got to reel it back in again. I like that. Trial and error. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> what is your personal favorite VR experience that uses haptics in innovative and exciting ways? I would have to say it's the it's one of the first games I tried. It's Waltz of the Wizard. I, I just can't get enough of how enchanting that game is. The way that it uses haptics is if someone hasn't played before, you're the character as a wizard and you get to have different um, effects that you can, you know, churn up as a wizard. So you have um, like a brew, so you can make like a fire potion and that fire potion gives you the ability to throw fireballs or have like magnetic fields and, you know, toss things around your room. Um, and so it, the haptics in that particular game focus on the superpowers that you have. Mm. There's really no other haptic effects that stand out. It's just like a fireball feels like this pulsating in your hand. And as soon as you build up that fireball, it like builds up, builds up, and you can feel the vibration intensify. And as soon as you throw it, it's gone. And it's done perfectly timed. And that way, it, it really does feel like it's something releasing from your hand. So for me, that game still really nails... Um, the balance between engagement and audio and a haptic feel. It does it so it's just like enough where I don't really notice it's happening, but it enchants me in ways that um, I just haven't found too much in other games. Like a lot of people would say Beat Saber because you can feel as you're kind of like striking through the shapes. And I think that that definitely like feels amazing. And if it wasn't there, we'd probably miss it. Um, Half-Life Alex, it's, you know, the recoil of the weapon. Um, there's a lot of different games that do it well, even the the putter and, and golf games. Um, All right, Ashley, what are your thoughts on haptics driving more accessible XR experiences for people with disabilities? So such as deaf, hard of hearing, blind, visually impaired, or cognitive disabilities? I think the special thing about haptics is it's a tool that's designed to bridge accessibility in general. So it's designed to um, mimic things like pressure of a button. Um, so it is really a communication tool. Um, kind of one area where it may be lacking is 
Um, it's hard to turn haptics into a library because remembering so many different haptic effects is a skill in itself and a language in itself. But I think mm -hmm. as a tool, um, it could do amazing things like um, you could use midair haptics for braille. You can use mm -hmm. haptics for directionality. So say it's in your phone or you've got a module on your shoe, it can actually help you map to different locations or alert you of stops that you wanted to make on your way. So you can imagine something um, in the case of like your shoe, it's it'll buzz in different effects, um, say like two buzzes to let you know that um, the store that you're you wanted to stop at is coming up or buzz, long buzz, like buzz and buzz buzz to let you know that there's an intersection coming up. So there's like really simple ways that you can utilize haptics to just kind of create a an experience that is silent, um, but a bit of a superpower um, to those not in the know. And like, honestly, I don't know like a million ex um, ideas, but people in universities, academia are like working on amazing applications for this. So I think that's something that I would um, let people know that to look out for is Academia is where people get to experiment the most. They've got tons of money. They've got tons of time. They've got the brain power. Um, and that's one of the areas I like to highlight in my newsletter is like the kind of really interesting ways that accessibility can be bridged with haptics that may never turn into like a mass consumer opportunity, but at the nonetheless, it's going to, that tech will exist and hopefully other people will see it and be like, well, maybe I can do this with it, or maybe this is possible. So that's kind of my hope with that. Yes, absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned that because when you mentioned midair haptics, I wanted to talk more about that. So a practical application, I used to work in academia and one of the professors that I worked with, he was um, look, he was basically restoring medieval manuscripts. Mm. And what he would do is basically take that book or manuscript and do photogrammetry on it. So get a 3D scan based on a photogrammetric model. Mm. And then he built in – he did the midair haptic so that you could feel the texture of the page as if you were rubbing your hand over it. But obviously, you don't want to do that because it's a you know, centuries-old document. Mm -hmm. So it was so interesting to kind of see him experimenting through that conceptually and looking for innovative ways. And it was just mind-blowing. So plus one to that, and that's another reason why I'll be subscribing to your <laughs> newsletter. Awesome. I love that. That sounds really cool. Yeah, to be able to experience things from across the world, so you imagine what is the what do the Great Pyramids feel like? You can convey those types of messages with haptics. So that is super exciting. Very cool. So powerful. So powerful. So as someone who works directly in the haptic space at Titan Haptics, what are you currently working on that you can talk about? Ooh, um, <laughs> that's a great question. We've got quite a few things happening. Um, for people that don't know, uh, Titan Haptics created a new type of haptic motor called a linear magnetic ram, and it uses magnetism. That's kind of like the, the magic behind it. So it doesn't spin like some motors or have springs. Um, it works more like a maglev train. And so we're working on some launches for um, different sizes of motors that kind of fit different form factors. So that's kind of one of my key focuses is working with partners in VR and gaming um, and AR to integrate haptics into their own projects. So I get to work with some of the coolest companies and uh, we're kind of considered a, like the fastest path to integrating high definition wideband haptics into projects, which is super cool. That's so awesome. It sounds like every day is a new fun adventure. Oh gosh, yes. I feel grateful to be able to play with their tech and to be able to help them convey more. Because if you can imagine, I was kind of describing some of the 
the existing motors that are on the market and they really like are great at what they do like the um the linear resonant actuator in your phone is like so good at capturing your attention like it's brilliant at that that's what it's designed to do but in terms of like being able to convey um like deep rumbles um the burrs like it, it just it's not physically capable of doing that and then larger motors the spinning types um erms they're called like they don't do high pitch buzzing so it's kind of like there's really been like two different types of technologies that have kind of um, been on the market for some time and they are so good at what they do but there hasn't been an in between and i think what excites me the most about Titan is we've found a way to create that in between with the magic of magnets of all things and magnetism, which is mind blowing. I love that because I love magnets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. And to be able to help designers who have created a game, they've created like all these new experiences that people have never seen before. So it's like you've created a world that no one's ever been in. It's like it doesn't exist in the real world. It's like a thing you've made up and all the different elements of that world feel like something they look like something um and to be able to help someone create um that vision in their mind of what it should like the weapon should feel like what the um what a cloud is going to actually feel like what um the ground is going to be like what it is like to engage with other characters like those are entirely new experiences that i think we are the most capable of unlocking so for me as like a gamer as a vr person like you know i get up every day just like no, let's go. Like let's let's build <laughs> cool stuff together. That's awesome. I love that. Um, it's great where you can work in a role that it doesn't feel like work because you're having fun and doing meaningful stuff that will impact a lot of things to come. Yeah, I'm definitely grateful well, for that. Absolutely. There's a lot of potential and I would encourage anyone that to get their hands on like the latest tech that you can play with um as much as possible because that's that is a, a really important way of understanding what people can do now and what the potential is. 100%. And this also opens up another area of opportunity for like the content creator space. I feel like I know, for example, I think Meta issued like an open bid for people to help build the metaverse. And I think, you know, aside from that, um, <laughs> haptics are a great opportunity to help augment experiences in creative and meaningful ways. So I think this can also lead to interesting jobs and opportunities that may not have otherwise been possible, you know, five, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know anyone that can name off their, their favorite haptics designer, at least not yet, but I think it's something that's going to come. Like people can name who their favorite um, game designer is, who their favorite um, like audio uh, designer is, but in terms of haptics, like that's for me, that's the next unlock. And I think that's where the most potential for this space is because it's the one that um, is just kind of just starting to catch up. We're starting to see like be haptics vests and um, gloves come out, but it's, we're really just at the cusp of this. It's just beginning. Yeah, speaking of the Be Haptics Vest, our, our friend Aaron, shout out Aaron, um, <laughs> let me try the Be Haptics Vest. And it was incredible, 40 sensors. Um, and he had the little arm things that went along with it. And I was blown away. It like totally took me to the next level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so much potential there for gaming, for music, for movies. Um, yeah, it can be very magical, very magical. Shout out to Aaron, absolutely. <laughs> the the creator and uh, of all awesome connections <laughs> that's true well i want to hear a little bit more about what drives your creative inspiration mm, i would say honestly it's play um it's kind of funny like we grow up as kids and we're 
we're allowed to play constantly. That's kind of what we do. We get Play-Doh, we get sand, we get like sticks and glue. And then as we get older, we're told, you know, like stop playing and get to work. But for me, what's driven me and allowed me to kind of keep that fire has been just like playing games, being creative, painting, um, like driving has been a big thing for me of like expressing that, um, the need for like control and, um, you know, like modifying my car. Like there's just like so many different things. So I think for me, the biggest point of that is just play and exploring and, um, looking into questions. I don't have answers yet. I think if you, if you're having a rough day and you want to kind of get out of that space, cause you want to just get into more of like creative thinking it's take a minute to think about the universe and how vast it is and the, all the things that we don't know um and for me that drives like a lot of my exploration like lex friedman you know all these all these uh uaps they, all the all the deep <laughs> topics that are very interesting that we just haven't solved yet that's a really refreshing reminder thank you and i think that's so important to think about those questions that don't have answers to you know, every now and then I'll you know, look up at the sky and just kind of reflect for a moment. And I realize I don't do this often enough. I need to ponder a bit more to replenish the creative noodle. Like creativity is such an important aspect of everything that we do. And it's important to nurture that, especially in these like stressful, crazy times. Yeah, absolutely. And just that disconnect between what you're doing. I know for me, the moment I can focus on something else and I can kind of stop thinking about something that I've been mulling over trying to solve um, it just gives me a chance to, um, yeah, just take a break. And then I come at it with a completely different mindset. And that really helps with things of, um, especially in the space of like technology and trying to help convey messaging in a way that's clear, concise. Like you really, if you just spend your time spinning your wheels, like, you know, you get the same results. So I, I implore people to go out and play, whether it's, if you suck at painting, that's okay. Do it anyways. If you're not good at sculpting, like, give it a shot. Like, you know, just try different things um, and explore. Yes, yes. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, go go get creative. Well, Ashley, what kind of advice or resources would you have for those who are listening that want to learn more about haptics? I would say um, there are tons of resources that you can find online. Um hapticlabs.io is an amazing place to go if you're interested from a, like a design perspective of understanding how to design and what are the really important aspects. Um, if you're interested in you know integrating haptics into a project, you can definitely reach out to me, Ashley at titanhaptics.com. Um, you know, a company like mine are it's in our best interest to help you create epic experiences. Um, and people, if they just have questions about haptics, can always ask me. Um, I get a lot of really interesting DMs just on that note from people (laughs) asking questions. And then you gave my shout out to my newsletter, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, Haptics on Substack, all things haptics. And then of course our podcast that like we meet so many amazing people that share deep insights that have been unlocked for so long. So um, the hapticsclub.com, a big shout out to that crew. I love these guys so much because they care so deeply and are um, just as curious um, as me, which I appreciate, appreciate so much. Awesome. I love that. And for everyone listening, I will be linking all of the resources and links that Ashley just mentioned in the show notes. So that will be available for you to um, sign up. 
But uh, Ashley, before we depart today, I just want to say this has been an amazing conversation. I think you've really opened my eyes to the possibilities that haptics can have, not just for VR experiences, but many more experiences. So thank you for taking the time to come on the show today and really share your, your knowledge and insight with us. This has been a great conversation. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate you taking the time to talk about haptics and just... Um just share more, especially from perspectives from women technology and hopefully inspiring others to get excited about it or just join in or learn more. Yes, yes. Start somewhere. Um, yes, I 100% agree with that. And if for those that want to follow along with your journey and keep up with your stuff, um, where can they find you, Ashley? Probably the place I am the most, um, don't tell work, but I'm on Twitter. So you can find me at ChickTech. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, on LinkedIn, you can find me Ashley Hoffman as well. Um, and then, you know, if you're curious about cars, I'm on Auto Trader. And if you're curious about the stuff I'm talking about in haptics and VR, um, I'm also on Medium. So, yeah. All the places. Awesome. <laughs> all the places, all the places. Great. Well, I will link um, all of that into the show notes. And thank you again. I hope to have you on here again soon. We can do a little part two of haptics maybe in a year or so. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you enjoyed today's episode of Coffee and Code, share it with a friend. You can also support this podcast by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and you can also share it on social media. It doesn't matter if you have five or 500 or 5,000 followers, you have influence. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to be notified when new episodes go live. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee and Code.